News of the Times, Murderous Mondays, That Killed Kenny, Horror. Welcome to News of the Times. In today's episode, it is 1890 in a small remote village in County Kilkenny in Ireland. A horrific murder has taken place that is described as rivalling the murders of Jack the Ripper in terms of the sheer gruesomeness of the crime. And indeed, it is not such a leap between the horrific Ripper murders and the murder that has taken place in this small, isolated hut. A son who alternately is described as completely sane by some and certainly insane by others has received a personal setback. Days later, his mother is found dead with lurid descriptions in the papers regarding his eating of her body parts. We take a look at this tragic horror of 1890 in County Kilkenny in today's episode of Murderous Mondays. We hope you enjoy the show. 1890, Ballyneal was a small village in County Kilkenny, not far from the River Nore. Ballyneal has a thriving fishing community coinciding with farms dotted around the area. In July, a horrific crime is uncovered that makes the national press. From the Dublin Daily Express, the 12th of July, 1890, at Ballyneal, County Kilkenny, near the borders of County Wexford, a man named Edward Hart has been arrested on a charge of having murdered and mutilated his mother with a hatchet. Some fishermen state that when they found him, he was actually eating part of the flesh hewn off the body. He had formerly, it is said, been refused admission to a lunatic asylum. At the coroner's inquest, a verdict of willful murder was returned against him. About Edmund Hart Middle-aged Edmund Hart referenced in the papers alternately as either Edward Hart or Edmund Hart with a U, occasionally lives with his widowed mother who is in her seventies. Edmund also eked out a living as a fisherman, but had looked to expand his income by additionally working some land. Across the river he meets a middle-aged woman and the two marry. His new bride's mother had a few acres of land, but this is never formally gifted to either her daughter or her new son-in-law, Edmund. Nevertheless, ignoring these legalities, Edmund begins to work the land of his mother-in-law, investing the money he earns from fishing into improving the farm and the surrounding associated land. Then one day, the mother-in-law, unbeknownst to her daughter or Edmund at the time, sells her land to another. Edmund, unaware of the new ownership, arrives at the land as usual, only to find himself booted off as trespassing. The shock to Edmund rocks him to his very foundations. 
he is heard several times of threatening to kill the mother-in-law or the new owners of the land he feels was his. The small community are aware of the troubles and begin to comment on the strangeness of Edmund's behaviour. However, the victim of his explosive fury is someone else entirely. From the Freeman's Journal, the 15th of July, 1890. Ghastly tragedy in County Kilkenny. A man murders and mutilates his mother. A terrible tragedy, the details of which are sickening and horrible in the extreme, was committed last night at a place called Ballinock, in the county of Kilkenny, about six miles from here. A rumour reached this town today that a man had murdered his mother, but now that the facts of the case have been ascertained, it can be seen that nothing for a good many years has occurred in this country to equal the crime for brutality and fiendish cruelty. The facts seem to indicate that the murderer was insane at the time he committed the terrible deed, but though the neighbours had feared that his mind was affected, the evidence at the inquest and the medical testimony do not support that theory. This evening, Dr. J. B. Hackett, coroner for the county of Kilkenny, opened an inquiry assisted by a respectable jury, and at the inquest the following facts came to light. A man named Edward Hart and his mother lived together in a lonely hut on the side of the river Nor at Ballynock. The son earning his living by fishing and working on a small farm to which he had a claim on the other side of the river. A dispute over this particular piece of ground, a few acres in extent, seems to be the root and cause of the whole occurrence. Some years ago, Hart married the daughter of a widow woman named Grace on the other side of the river Nor at Russelltown. She, the widow woman, held a few acres of land, but she never gave up the title to her son-in-law. Hart worked night and day on the bit of land and also spent the money which he earned at the fishing on improving his mother-in-law's farm. Some short time ago, Hart's mother-in-law sold her goodwill of the place to the landlord without Hart's knowledge, and after the sale had taken place, Hart who was working on the land at the time, was ordered off by some men in the employment of the landlord, Mr. John Howlett, J.P. of Russelltown, County Kilkenny. This seemed to weigh heavily on his mind, and for some time past it was stated by the peasantry he was not at all right. However, no steps were taken to put him under restraint, although it was stated that he was heard to say that he would kill either mother-in-law or the landlord who deprived him of the land on which he had spent his money and labour. On Wednesday, Dr. Walsh of New Ross, having been invited to do so, examined Hart, but declared at the inquest that he was sane at the time he examined him. He questioned him for half an hour, and he appeared 
to be cool and collected on every subject. He, Dr. Walsh, had heard that he acted in an insane manner the day previously, but no one could be found to swear that they saw him. On Wednesday night, a farmer named Michael Finn and a boy named Sullivan, hearing that Hart was romancing, moving restlessly, went to his house, where he had come to live with his mother and stayed there with him until 2 a.m. on Thursday morning. Last night, at about nine o'clock, Finn again came to Hart's house, and perhaps it is better to let him describe what he saw in his own words at the inquest today. He says, When I came to the door, I looked in over the half-door, and I called out but got no answer. I called a second time and received no reply. I called a third time and asked, Are you there, Mary? On getting no answer, I thought she was out and was turning around to go away when I heard a noise in the room. I called again and Edmund Hart spoke and said his mother was dead. The door was closed going in from the kitchen to the bedroom and there was something like a bundle of clothes against it. I entered, pushed the door open and saw Hart lying on the body of his mother and eating the flesh of her face. At that moment, I saw him. He had a large piece of flesh in his mouth. We'll be back after a quick break. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. I made a grip at him and dashed him against the ground. He struggled like a maniac and with fire in his eyes he attempted to rush at me. I swung him out of the door and out on the road. Here he attempted to jump into the river, but I held him, and twisting his arms, I made a prisoner of him and made him walk to Ballyneal village. He stayed there with the neighbours until the police arrived from Tolia, when he was arrested and conveyed to the new Ross jail. He appeared to know all about the dreadful crime he had committed. The appearance of the body as I saw it with Drs. Walsh and Meebun this evening lying on a small bed in a dingy room was something horrifying and reminded one of the dreadful scenes which were witnessed after the devilish work of Jack the Ripper in London some time before. The floor of the room was covered with blood and several pieces of women's clothing which were around were covered with blood. When the body was found with the man eating the face, the, bo the mother's body, I'll start that again. The floor of the room was covered with blood and several pieces of woman's clothing which were around were also covered with blood. When the body was found with the man eating the face, 
the mother's body was naked, and from this it is apparent that Hart either stripped his mother after killing her, or she was in bed when he began his butchery. The whole lower part of her abdomen was torn out, and all the bowels and entrails, with the exception of the liver and kidneys, were also torn, torn out and laid by the side of the body. Both the thighs were frightfully cut, and the muscles and flesh were, in the doctor's opinion, eaten to the bone. A three-cornered brick was found, and it was covered with blood and hair, and a shovel was found in the room, on which there was also blood and hair. There was blood on hatchets, bars of iron, and other articles in the house, but in the opinion of the doctors, the disembowelment and the cuts on several portions of the body could have been done only with a very sharp instrument, such as a razor. The police made every effort to discover any sharp instrument, and under the direction of District Inspector Duff of New Ross, they searched the house minutely, but no knife or razor was discovered. The furniture of the house was covered with human gore, and even on the table which was brought into a barn for the convenience of the coroner and the reporters at the inquest, there was plentiful signs of blood. A witness named Sullivan gave evidence, and in reply to Dr. Walsh said he did not think Hart was mad when he saw him on Wednesday night with Finn. The coroner, having addressed the jury, a verdict of willful murder was returned against Hart. After the inquest, Hart was brought before Mr. Robert Pindell and committed until tomorrow, when a magisterial investigation will be held at Rosbercombe. He was arrested by Sergeant Morrissey of Tulogge at the Bridewell here today, and he ate a good breakfast and appeared to be well aware of what he was doing. There was a large gash which appeared to be made with a sharp instrument across his fingers, but nothing in the shape of a knife or razor or other sharp weapon was found, although the police are searching for it around the house. The deceased, who is 75 years of age, will be buried tomorrow. The ghastliness of the crime shocks the small community. Edmund had been described as having a good relationship with his mother. There is no question as to whether Edmund committed the crime. The question is whether he is insane. From the Freeman's Journal, the 22nd of July, 1890, the Kilkenny murder, the prisoner returned for trial. Today at Roseboron Courthouse, before... Mr. D. G. Bodkin, the investigator in the charge against Edmund Hart for the willful murder of his mother, was gone into. The prisoner, who has improved considerably in appearance and manner since he was last seen in court, was brought from Kilkenny Jail today by car under a strong escort of police, and during the investigation he appeared cool and calm but did not seem to take any interest in the proceedings. It is stated 
that the prisoner speaks very frequently of the horrible crime and has, during the past week, exhibited no symptoms of insanity. He appeared to be quite sane and conversed freely with the constables in charge of him. Dr. Michael Walsh from New Ross was the first witness examined. He deposed, I am a physician and surgeon practicing at New Ross. On Wednesday the 19th inst, I visited Edmund Hart, the prisoner now present. I was asked to do so by John Finn at Ballynock, who told me that there was a man at Ballynock out of his mind. I sent Finn to the police barracks and told him that I would visit the prisoner myself. I met the prisoner at the door of his dwelling house and asked him for his mother. He said she had just had a weakness. I asked his mother how she was, and she replied that she was then all right. I spoke to the prisoner for about half an hour, and he seemed calm and collected. I said to him that I'd heard he was complaining of his head. His mother said that he was now all right, and that she wasn't afraid. She seemed anxious to have him left at home and not to have anything done with him, the prisoner, who was then quiet, and I did not consider him dangerous to himself or anyone else. I visited the house on the 11th inst with Dr. Meehan to make a post-mortem examination on the body of the woman. I'd seen the previous evening we that again. I visited the house on the 11th inst with Dr. Meehan to make a post-mortem examination on the body of the woman I had seen the previous evening. We found the body lying on the bed. It was completely disemboweled. Do you think that there was any other instrument used besides a sharp one on the wounds of the face? I did not accept that the flesh was torn with the teeth. Oh, again. I did not accept that the flesh was torn with the teeth of the prisoner. Michael Finn of Glenball Valley, farmer, repeated the evidence given at the inquest of his finding the prisoner lying on the body of his mother after the murder. When he took the prisoner off the body, he had a large piece of flesh in his mouth, about five inches long. There was a jostle between the prisoner and the witness in the bedroom, and they fell before he got him out. He dragged him down the yard toward the river, and the prisoner resisted, and they had a scuffle as he tried to get him into the river. Witness caught him and twisted his arms and brought him to the house of Walter Walsh. He then sent for the police from Culeen Station. Witness continued describing the prisoner. He had only his shirt and trousers on him at the time, which were wet and covered with blood. I'd seen the deceased last on the morning of the 10th of July at two o'clock. She was then in perfect health, but nervous and shaking. I went there to mind him, as he was reported to me by a boy that Hart was out of his mind, and that the police and doctors were there that day. Hart's mother appeared as if she did not like to have us there at all that night. We took off his boots in the morning before we put him to bed, and it was after a struggle 
that he allowed the boot to come off. The prisoner was never in the asylum. He did not abuse or threaten his mother on the night I was watching him. I knew him for thirty years, and I always knew him to be very fond and kind to his mother. Sergeant Morrissey of Colleen deposed. About ten minutes past ten o'clock on the night of the tenth inst, it was reported to me that Hart had killed his mother. I then proceeded to the house of Walter Walsh of Ballynock, and there found the prisoner whom I arrested and gave him the necessary legal caution. He was then in the custody of Michael Finn and some others. After I had cautioned him, the prisoner said to me, Isn't it a bad offer I have made? I charged him with killing his mother before I gave him the caution. He said, I've killed my mother, and I wouldn't wish it for a million of money, and I was all right a few minutes before that. Constable Thomas Mulcahy of Colleen Station, who was the first policeman to enter the house, after the murder, stated that he was accompanied by Constable McCarthy and reached there at about a quarter past eleven p.m. Having described the appearance of the body, which was naked, he said that some of the intestines were hanging out over the board which was keeping up the bed. The handle of a shovel which lay across the room was laid against her head, and some of the hair which was still on her head was twisted around the handle. Down along the handle were marks of blood, and there were several blood marks on the iron part or blade of the shovel. Having described the number of instruments found with blood stains on them, he said he remained in charge of the body until 3 a.m. on the following morning. He heard the statement of the prisoner to Sergeant Mortimer that it was a bad offer he made when he killed his mother. Mr. Rowe said that he now closed the ease for the Crown and asked that the prisoner be returned for trial. Mr. Bodkin said that no evidence, of course, could be gone into there as to the state of the prisoner's mind. That was a matter entirely for a jury, and he now asked the prisoner had he any statement to make. Hart stood up and said, I did not know whether he had got as far as this when he stopped. Mr. Bodkin was further questioning him when Mr. Hearn said that perhaps it was better not to press him and to put in as his statement that he had nothing to say. This was done, and the prisoner was sent for trial to the winter assizes. He was conveyed to Kilkenny in the evening under a strong guard of police. Within the past week, the police have made a continued search for the knife, which the doctors say was used in cutting up the body, but no trace of any such weapon could be found. Now in custody and under care, the decision remains before the jury whether Edmund is insane, meaning lifetime custodial care, or sane at the time of the killing, meaning certain execution. 
As the jury attempts to conclude this question, they are hampered in that Edmund is unable to plead. From the Dublin Daily Express, the 6th of December, 1890, the Kilkenny Matricide. A middle-aged man named Edmund Hart was indicted for the murder of his mother in the county Kilkenny and I'll start that again. A middle-aged man named Edmund Hart was indicted for the murder of his mother in the county of Kilkenny under shocking circumstances on the 10th of July last. It was alleged that the prisoner was insane and a jury was sworn to try to answer that question. Dr. Miles of the Kilkenny Lunatic Asylum having been examined the jury found that the prisoner was unable to plead and the trial was postponed until the next assizes. The jury adjourned. We have searched the records extensively for the expected follow-up, but there is no mention of him that we can trace even in the local papers. We suspect that Edmund was placed permanently in the care of Kilkenny Lunatic Asylum and we do not have access to medical records. A very sad case, and quite horrific. Any community ramifications from the actions of the mother-in-law or the new landlord are not recorded. That concludes this episode of Murderous Mondays, the Kilkenny Horror. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, we will be grateful if you could like or subscribe to our little channel. We upload five days a week. Mondays are murderous as we delve into the dark side of Regency and Victorian crime. Wednesdays are wicked, where we pull together stories with a similar theme, such as Doctors of Death. Fridays are frightful where we look at crimes in a location, such as stories from the stage to murder and scandal in the aristocracy. Saturdays is Serial Killer Saturdays, where we investigate serial killer stories from the past. And Sundays is a bit of fun, with a unique mini-murder mystery where you, the listener, have a chance to solve a murderous riddle. On the last Sunday of the month, we offer a two-hour compilation of stories based around a theme. Thank you again for watching and listening. This has been News of the Times, and I am Robin Coles.